Hello and welcome to episode 155 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, the man voted most likely to see, not most likely to say, do it your fucking self next time, Mick, and let me introduce you to the rest of the team. Uh, the man voted most likely to be disappointed in his league spin and skipped the first session of cricket preseason because his COVID jab kicked his ass. Welcome, David. I've never heard you say, do it your fucking self. Um, that's a revelation to me, Mick. <laughs> yeah, my favourite one is, thanks for that advice. I greatly value it. Um, <laughs> Coach life. <laughs> Very uh, langer next life. Up, next up is the man voted most likely to skip the first session of cricket preseason because his COVID jab kicked his ass. Welcome, Alex. Yep. Yeah, knocked me around a bit, lads. Felt like I was hungover, but luckily, uh, many years of training have prepared me for just a time like that. So. <laughs> it's good because you and I, um, as a personal story, were in the same yep. line for the COVID jab. Yeah, we waved at each other. It was we nice. We did. It was lovely. And I walked out going, oh, I just felt like I haven't had anything injected into me. And then I asked you about yourself, and you were like, nah, fucked. Oh, I am crook. <laughs> arm hurts. So, I said that 30 seconds after I got the jab. I'm like, is your arm hurt? You're like, I don't feel it. I'm like, that was fucking Katie. It just shows the uh, difference between you and I, I think, Scott. Yeah, the uh, the, the constitution of uh, the two, two different people. <laughs> Resilience. Funny. Just um, a little bit different between you and me. You can't talk yet, Ross. You haven't been in- introduced. Yeah. Oh, and lastly, sorry. the man most disappointed out of all of us to find out Bangladesh does not have a thriving orienteering scene. Welcome, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I missed my intro there because I was just watching some cricket highlights with drum and bass. Overplayed, so. <laughs> sorry, guys. This really caught my attention more oh, so than the podcast. Be, you yeah. must be under 25, I think. That's can, the way sort of highlights will resonate I, with you. Can I just say <laughs> how, how, how crispy is Ross's internet right now? Oh, how good is it? Because he finally is on speed. Have you finally uh, pulled the trigger and got a decent internet connection, big fella? I think I've got that new internet, whatever it's called. MBN? Mm. Yeah, it's been around for a while. Never. <laughs> <laughs> a decade, I think, there'd be a speed of Yeah, but I've got the special one there. What's it called? Fibre to the node. Oh, the hello. Yeah. hello. Yeah. Happy days. Right oh. to the node. <laughs> right up, up your node. Your nose, yeah. right. <laughs> a few node beers, eh? All right. <laughs> That's what tonight's all about. The Frederick's no Company Studios. This is a touch of production. Brought to you by Big Lug Enterprises. But we might as well kick off with the fucking worst thing that's happened in the last fortnight. And that is the Australian tour of Bangladesh. So, <laughs> um, so we had five T20Is against the Bangers. They were all played at the Shah A Bangla National Cricket Stadium in Nepur. Um, So we had the first T20I. The Aussies won the test elected bowl. Uh, the Bangers will get seven for 131. Shaki Al Hassan will get 36. Big Noni would take three for 24. Mm. The Aussies would then get rolled for 108. And Mick Marsh would make 45 of those 108. Jesus. So Justin Ahmed for the Bangladesh is doing the damage. He got four for 19. He wouldn't be a spinner, would he, Mick? Uh, probably. I don't imagine. <laughs> I don't have big bowls, I don't think so. Um, 
So the Bangladeshis win by 23 runs, unsurprisingly. Man of the match was our man, Nassim Ahmed. So um, that sounds really bad, but it's not the worst thing you're going to hear about in the next fucking 10 minutes or so. But um, that was definitely the start of the rot. So for those wondering, playing at home, Alex Carey's in charge of this side, and they got, they are going about as well as the GWS under-18s were. So <laughs> pretty much... I thought um, it was Matty Wade. No, I thought... No, Carey's in charge of this, isn't he? Ah, uh, Wade got the gig, I think. Uh, oh, I think they're going well, about as well as his second testicle. I think Wade's got some <laughs> one-dayers in the um, uh, the West Indies, I think. Uh, Carey got the... Yeah, Carey got the idea. How, is, how bad is Carey going that he can't be captain of this fucking rabble? And they want him to captain our test side. Give me a fucking... <laughs> um, <laughs> all righty. So the second T20I, the Aussies won the toss and leaked to the bats. Uh, the Aussies get seven for 121. It was once again Mitch Marsh making his favourite score of 45. Hmm. Um, it was Mustafiza Rahman who got three for 23 for the Bangladeshis. Um, Bangers would get five for 123 in reply. A fifth Hassan would get 37 red. And our man Ashton Agar, old straight breaks himself, would be the best of our bowling, taking one for 17. That's right. That was the best of our bowling. <laughs> So the Bangers win by five wickets. We know under the Mick Kareni system, they win by two wickets because they didn't go, <laughs> the Aussies didn't go all out. Um, out of the match, CA didn't actually name anyone on their website. So in honour of Trevor Holmes, we've named Mitch Marsh, man of the match. Yeah. On you, Mitch. <laughs> Good on your Hons. <laughs> Good Hones. So uh, next Cajones. up, third T20I, and the Bangers finally won the toss, and they elected have that. <laughs> <laughs> the bangers be nine for one twenty-seven. Muhammad Mahamud Udala fifty-two runs. Mate, leave some uh, letters for the rest of us, all right? But, uh, <laughs> and the man on debut, Nathan Alice Alice. Who the fuck is Alice? Would take a hat trick and take three for thirty-four in his first international T20I. Um, but it wasn't enough. As the Oz- yes, Alex. I was going to say is. Nathan Ellis going to be a fantastic trivia question. Is who played one international game for Australia and took a hat trick in that game? He played again in this series. Did he? Damn it! Yeah. Oh, no, don't worry about of, the is trivia it six, question. I think Australians have taken hat tricks on debut or something like that. Yeah, I'll find it. Mm. I know Flamo is one of them because he always bangs on the <laughs> I think Flamo is one of them. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so in reply to the 127, the Aussies would get four for 117. Mitch Marsh would get 51. And Shuriful, oh, I can't even say that, bloke name. Shuriful Islam would get two for 29. Bangers would win by 10 runs. Man of the match was the alphabet man himself, Muhammad Mahadula. Um, Mahamadula. Mm, good player. Uh, so the fourth T20, I would roll around. And if the Bangers would win the toss, and I'd like to have another fucking bat. So, but this time around, the Aussies are fair a little bit better with the ball, rolling it for 104. Muhammad Naim would get 28. It was there one of your favourites here, Mitch? What do you do with the broom? You sweep, yeah, son, sweep, and son. take three for 12. So, <laughs> well done to Mitchie. Uh, the Aussies would get seven for 105 to win. Uh, Dan Christian would bat at three and make 39. Of those 39, 30 were hit off one fucking over. <laughs> Five sixes and there was a dot square fucking bang in the middle of that over. Um, once again, it was Mustafiza Rahman with two for nine as best of the bowlers. Aussies win by a couple of wickets. Man of the match was Mitch Swepson. Yes, Roscoe. Interesting. A spinner, one man of the match, 
and uh, it's in Bangladesh. I thought um, stop playing all playing all these different pacemen and perhaps play. You got Mitch Marsh, one paceman and three spinners, maybe. I don't know. Wouldn't mate the way we're going? It wouldn't have hurt to throw to throw a few things up against the wall and see what would stick. Mm. So. Especially Wasn't the bowling the so much? It was World a Cup. We're going to have to work yeah. out a better bowling attack than what we're playing. Mm. It but, was uh, tough, that's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So the thing is, this is the type of shit that Australia, Australia will do, and they're probably still fucking win the World Cup anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. Uh, so the final yeah. twenty I to put this fucking series to bed. Bangladesh would once again win the toss. And elect to have a bat. That would make eight for 122. It was Muhammad Name again with 23. Nathan Ellis would get two for, and DC, Dan Christian, would get two for as well. Super 16, 57, respectively. Uh, the Aussies will get rolled for 62. Oh, good take. So, um, yeah. I don't think any changes really needed, I think, but. Sounds no, good. Just building up to the T20 World Cup up nicely is, finalising is, the lineup. Two things I'd do if I was in charge of the Australian team. One thing would be I'd get more keepers into the team because there's a real lack of them. Yep. I'd get more all-rounders who don't bowl in because that's what you need. I don't want to have that basketball. Folks like Moises Enriquez who bowls like one over in a five-game series. That's what you need out of your all-rounders. Yep. And the other thing I'd do is... Um, get six or seven, say, blokes who open in the BBL and then make that the top seven. That's what they really that works. Yeah. Yeah. And then get, like, one or two blokes about the middle order and then get them to open. <laughs> Sounds a good plan yeah. as any, I think. So, yeah. um, so of that 62, Matty way to get the most of the Aussies with 22. Real captains not there. But it was Shakib Al-Hassan who would get four for nine to do the bulk of the damage. The Bangers win by 60 runs, and our man, Al-Hassan, will be man of the match. So this was a very historic series, because this would be the first time that the Bangladeshis have ever beaten Australia in a five-match series. Might be the first time they've ever beaten them in an international series. Full stop, if I yep. do believe correctly. So, um... Uh, did yeah. we lose a test series? In- no. That's a draw. Draw. Uh, one one all. Lost the first test. That's when Gillespie made two hundred. Ah, save the blushes. No, it's different. Different. Series. Is it? Didn't yep. they? they oh, won no. that one two nil. There was the one with Dave Warner and Ashton Agar. And... Oh, that's yeah. Right. Is that yes. the one where yeah. the the bloke kept signalling alongside the umpire when he was giving out the batsman? Potentially Is that, that serious? I think yeah. it was. He got fined for it. There's a great <laughs> image of him standing next to the umpire. The umpire's doing. Can I just say? Absolutely thrilled for Bangladesh because I don't think much of T20Is, which we've discussed on this podcast ad nauseum. But well done to the Bangladesh team for winning a, te- uh, a series against Australia. It's a real feather in their cap. Well, it would be if Australia any good, but I continue. <laughs> I, I, I just can't see how we can be that bad at a form of cricket where we're considered to have one of the stronger competitions, the Big Bash, right? So you've got the IPL, which is obviously the pinnacle of domestic T20 cricket. And then arguably the Big Bash would be second. Yeah, I think it's dropped down the pecking order a bit. But, you know, there's say CPL might be second and the Ram Slam or whatever. But, you know, it's like it's top four or five. Yeah. It's not a big, stiff competition. I just don't understand how we're so bad at T20 cricket. 
I mean, I understand. Team. Like our team, our team was horrible. Like we didn't have team. Warner, Smith, Finch. No. We didn't have any of those blokes who were actually decent T Twenty cricketers. But even with a second string team, like India beat us in a Test series last year with the third string team. Yeah. We should be able to beat Bangladesh with a second string team. That's true. Yeah, and we just got found out. But they've got, they got players all over the place with like the batting order. It doesn't make any sense. And they kept shuffling. Well, I, I suppose you might as well try something. So I'm not too critical of that. Like Mitch Marsh at three. Well, maybe he'll always bat at three from now on. So you can't just always stick with, oh, this is what they're doing in the BBI and never change. Yep. But they do think that um, <clears throat> they say that T20 is more role players thing. So, you know, you've got to have the guys who know what they're doing in the right spots, but we just seem to keep shuffling a bit or not even picking, say, a number six or a number seven mm. so much. But um, I don't know. There's other things like um, you got your best bowler's Hazelwood, but he barely plays T20 domestically or internationally. Mm-hmm. That's not a criticism of him. It's the way it's been managed. Yeah. And I think he's good, but then when the crunch comes, I saw him in an ODI last year go for plenty because they said, oh, he just doesn't have enough, you know, sort of, variations or tricks at that point. It's a bit too predictable. So, you know, I don't know. Players have good and bad times, but you look at him and you go, he's not a world-class T20 player, but he's probably been our best bowler for the across the 10 T20 yeah. players. Yeah. It's not, it's not a knock on him, but it's just a fact. <clears throat> yeah, fuck off, mate. I'm with you. <laughs> yes, Alex. Um, Australia, I just had a look, lads. Australia are ranked sixth in the world in T20s and Bangladesh are ranked tenth. You're not picture by segment, are you? Uh, <laughs> no, but I have two monitors going at the moment, so I thought I'd better <laughs> utilise a second one. Um, I did want to say it was interesting to hear, I think, from Moises Enriquez after the first game that we lost, say that the conditions, the pitch conditions were the most foreign he's ever seen, even though he's played a lot of IPL. I find it crazy that every single time we the team travels internationally to the subcontinent or you know Asia, yeah. it's always the most foreign things. Like as they say in India, every time they go for a test series, oh the pitch is hard and clay. Oh it's unbelievable. There's nothing on it. Blah blah. You know it's like well. I don't understand how it keeps... Right. Surely the pitches aren't getting worse or less, you know, or more, for, or more foreign to Australia. Surely they're the same. I don't know. I just feel well, like it's an excuse. Yeah, I understand what you say. I think in terms of, like, India's a really good example. Maybe the pitches are getting used more so they're not the same as they used to be. Because you think the IPL is a massive bunch of games and whilst okay this latest one's been played in Dubai and all these other places because of COVID but maybe that amount of foot traffic has resulted in maybe pitches getting torn up and re-sewn and that more often so they don't have the same characteristics that being said but if you're going to be one of the best 11 blokes in Australian cricket you should be able to hit the fucking red or white thing whenever you want to yeah Yeah. Uh, maybe the five games at the one venue I don't know if they change the pitches around much or whatever but uh, it's a bit different. But it was after the first game. 
Oh, right, yes. Yeah, so because they lost, right? Oh, yeah, they, the foreign, foreign Well, they just uh, mentioned, I, I think, like, to be fair, Moises did go. It's not an excuse, but this is the most foreign thing I've ever seen. Not an excuse, <laughs> but with that being said, here's my excuse. So, um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, what do they expect? You know, like, Bangladesh are going to put up the slowest wicket on earth because, and it's got to turn, because Australia can't play fucking spin, and yeah. they know it, and everyone knows it. So, like... Get better at it. I don't know. Like, what do you? And how do you do that? By improving. By improving. Yeah. By yeah, sacking Langer. Mm. That's how you get better. Yeah. Did you yeah. like that? We uh, probably a blessing, Mick, in disguise that we couldn't watch this series yeah. because of the um, <laughs> first tour of an overseas country not on Australian TV since 1994 tour of Pakistan. Really? Yep. So there's been one-off games like we played Scotland in an ODI on an Ashes tour five or six years ago, and that wasn't on TV. And we played Ireland once, similar, tacked onto an Ashes series and it wasn't on TV, a little bit between earlier than that. But, yes, a whole tour of another country, not on some form of TV in Australia, 94 tour of Pakistan. And it was broadcast. It wasn't like it wasn't televised. It was televised in Bangladesh. just didn't pick up the rights. What they were charging for it. Well, I read an article about it and it said that they hadn't even got to the point of discussing the fee. Yeah, because CA saw the writing on the wall that we'll get smashed. And also, I'd say the reason they didn't show it, Alex, was it was on during the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We we had to cancel the last time Bangladesh was due to tour Australia because of the Beijing Olympics. (laughs) (laughs) Beijing Olympics. Yeah, can't compete with the Olympics. No, absolutely not. Yeah, well, speaking of blokes embarrassing the fuck out of themselves in Bangladesh, let's move on to a segment we love to rock out every now and here, and that's blokes being knobheads. And this week, um, the blokes being knobheads are Australian coach Justin Langer and Australian team manager Gavin Bendover-Dovey, who got into a heated exchange with a Cricket Australia staffer he posted a video on the CA social media and website of a celebrating Bangladesh team who were especially jubilant due to this, as we've said, being the first time the Bangladeshis have won a series against Australia. The confrontations, that's right, that's a plural, which means these two fucking heroes did it separately <laughs> as well. So it occurred at the team hotel following the series clinching third game. So... um. I just want to kick this off by saying he's fucking this cunt banger. He just like he it's just fucking insufferable at the moment. He's and we saw it like for anyone who lives in Australia, we saw it the last week with Richmond coach Damien Hardwick, who's been put up on such a pedestal now that when anyone questions him or questions his team. Instead, he comes out and just punches people in the face verbally. Like, he just attacks, attacks, attacks. And that's what Lang has fucking got now. He thinks because he's at the top of the tree with the Australian team that he's untouchable and that he can do whatever he wants. And it's getting to the point, this little sawn off fucking karate man needs to be given the fucking karate chop and kicked out the fucking door <laughs> because he's, he's turning into a fucking cancer in Australian cricket. Lang to agree, Mick. Mm. I think uh, they need to move on. He's too angry. It's the right man at the time to um, fix things up after um, Darren Lehman led him astray a bit. But uh, times change, move on, get someone better, I'd say. 
there's no need to be like a belligerent asshole like he seems to be. So just move on. Say thanks, mate. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I agree he should go. So should Gavin Dovey. I feel like um, we'll start on Langer first. Uh, he reckons he's learned from the feedback he got from the playing group. Well, this outburst obviously means he hasn't because that's exactly the type of shit he's been doing for a long time. Apparently, violent mood swings that are unpredictable. Uh, everyone on edge, no one wanting to say how they feel for fear of getting dropped. Um, and he's like... He's obviously losing the plot. You, you, who cares? It's a video on Cricket Australia's website. They put shit up about other teams all the fucking time. Like it's, it's you're lost. Like what do you what what effect does that have on the team? Mm. They probably don't even look at the website. I know the business I work for. I never fucking look at their website. Why well, the f- I saw it firsthand. It happened on the fucking field after yeah. the game. Oh, no. They would have been getting yelled at via a little man <laughs> sitting on a fucking bathroom in the rooms for about 20 minutes afterwards. They wouldn't have seen that come inside. Which would have been... He would have made them all... Actually, he would have stood on the fucking esky so he could be taller than everyone to make them feel shit about themselves. Anyway, moving on to Gavin Dovey, the guy who was a manager of the team, started working for the team in 2011, so he's been there 10 years now, um, and now is this quasi-team manager slash high-performance yeah, manager. Some, yeah, he's got, some, he's got a couple of bullshit titles. Yeah. So he's not just doing logistics and shit. So apparently it's a bit, obviously, a fucking nightmare organising this shit in COVID times. But I don't know. I know a few people with the AFL pretty closely that do the same thing but have seven other jobs they've got to do as well instead of just one. So, But to me, I don't know how he's got a high-performance manager title as well. I don't understand that. What's his credentials to be a high-performance manager? What does that even include? Is it just patting people on the back? Yeah, Ross. Oh, he manages the high performance. And that's really <laughs> tough at the minute because Australia's not performing very high. <laughs> well, he doesn't have much, <laughs> much to do. He's got to look after to Mitch Marsh's batting at the moment. That's about it. He carries Mitch Marsh's coffin around for him <laughs> because he's the only one high performing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I don't understand. I find that weird. That's a lot of power for one person, like, who's not, yeah, you know, he's not that? a coach. He's not a, he's a yeah. fucking manager. Mm, the Longstaff report. Just it, he got a, he got away scot free after that. Surprises yeah. me because they'd be because he had when elite he, honesty. That's one. Uh, yeah, he already when had Lehman it. went. When Lehman went, they cleaned him out, and then they kept him though. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> no he one yeah. quite feels on a there. seat in a suit at the front of the fucking um, Adelaide balcony Oval. like yeah, he does. So, yeah. Three piece oh, yeah. suit. It's, it's embarrassing conduct by your two leaders of a team. Apparently, right? <laughs> it is, it's fucking embarrassing. You lost. And you lost fair and square. Fucking get over it. Like, it's not the social media manager's fucking problem that you lost. Oh, put, they're putting up shit that they think is going to get clicks and engagement. That's their job. Their job is to get eyeballs onto your social media channels. Not to make the head coach feel good about himself. You know what I reckon would have got a lot of clicks? Because apparently there are two social media blokes over there. Maybe it was a Martin Smith 9994 and our man <laughs> Louis Cameron. If one of them had filmed the other getting berated, yeah, that yeah. would have got a lot of clicks. Oh, yeah, get your phones out, boys. 
And that would have been elite honesty, which I also think showing the, the team singing the song, Bangladesh team singing the song, is elite honesty. It's like we lost. It's, this, it's what happened. It's not none of this weird clandestine shit the Cricket Australia seemed to previously have loved for so long. It's just never acknowledge anyone else other than yourself and write lies about yourself. So, yeah. In fairness yes. to Australia, although Bangladesh sang the song, it's actually Australia's best ever five-game T20i series in Bangladesh. Good I'm happy I got that. I was, you yeah, know, yeah, it is impressive when a man getting paid probably ten times as much as a CA staffer who's travelled to Bangladesh during a pandemic feels the need to abuse him in a hotel hallway. But yeah. good on you, Dustin <laughs> Langer. You're a man of your own management style, so keep it fucking going, buddy. <laughs> Uh, it's surely he's got to go soon. But oh, then, yeah, like, who do you so. put in the replacement? He's, it can't he's be a long term coach. To after the Ashes mid next year. Yeah. I think yeah. they're just quietly. Mm. Jeez, I fuck. I hope we don't lose the fucking Ashes because the players yeah, England are terrible. Ashes. I know that the whole fucking we were going to smash <laughs> India. Like they brought over their shit aside fucking in four hundred years. It's, it's gonna be one point. of the it's gonna be one of the great Ashes series because both teams are so shit. <laughs> <laughs> and both teams rely on just like two or three players. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You've got two or three good players. <laughs> if you're putting together combined eleven, you'd struggle because you're gonna be at six good players out of yeah. the two teams. <laughs> yeah, three bats. Root yeah. Smith Marnus, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Keep uh, no keepers, didn't have a keeper. Smith's got a keep or bonus. Hey, the way the Aussies bowl, you bet you just have a first slip and a leg slip, don't need a fucking keeper. The ball's not going straight over the stumps. So fucking... <laughs> oh, good one. Oh. All righty, so we're going to move on from uh, talking about that little sawn off knobhead. We're going to talk about another knobhead. So, um, mm. Trent Woodhill. So Trent Woodhill, for those playing at home, is the man or the fucking genius behind the updating of last year's BBL rules. So now um, he made comments months ago that he wants to get rid of uh, the ends in games of T20. And Ross is now going to let us know why that's newsworthy months later. Yes, Alex. I was just wanted to jump in. Who was the um, brains behind the World Series cricket? That guy recently. Oh, John Cornell. Gary Packer. Uh, yeah, Cornell. what was his nickname? Strop. 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 So is Trent Woodhill the new show. Strop? Yeah. He's the new yeah. Strop. No, he seemed like a good bloke, <laughs> the other guy. <laughs> well, I didn't realise this came out months ago, Mick. Sorry. Oh, that's what I read in the article I was reading. He made uh, these comments months ago. Uh, yeah. Well, Adil Rashid's playing in the 100. Bit of background. Yeah. And he's saying it's really good to speed up the game that they bowl two five-ball overs from one end, regardless of whether it's the same bloke or two different blokes. doesn't matter. speeds things up. And Trent Whittlehill, you'll like his title, Alex. Here we go. Yep. BBL Player Acquisition and Cricket Consultant, Trent Woodhill. Nice. So he's so is not even – he doesn't even work in the business. He drives two hours to get there. Wow. That's it. Yeah, he, he lives further away than you do to get to your job, so he's yeah. a consultant. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> He, he was coaching the WBBL Melbourne Stars, but he's so busy now being the player acquisition and cricket consultant to BBL <laughs> that he's had to give up that gig. So there you go. He's one of the driving forces behind the 100, according to the CA website. 
I would have thought that was people within the ECB. But there you yeah. go, Trent Woodhill, man of the universe, just going around <laughs> setting up rogue T20 leagues all over the world. The modern-day renaissance man of cricket, Trent Woodhill. <laughs> <laughs> cricket consultant on the fly, off I go. Have, have book of stupid ideas, we'll travel. <laughs> anyway, like Super Grover. Trent Woodhill. Yes. <laughs> okay, right. Right, quote. The 19 changes of ends in a T20... Innings bugs the absolute shit out of me. Would have said mouth. last year, yeah, Jeez. before he took on this role with the BBL. You don't need it. He did say this a year ago, Nick. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I read that article you sent me, Ross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting you say that, Trent, because I got a quote for you. The bullshit changes of rules you brought in, absolute shit, absolute bugs the shit out of me, Trent. Mm. So there you go. Ugh. All your crap with your power play and your XX factor, terrible power play, tolerable. With the moving the two overs around, X factor absolute piss, and the other one, what was the other thing? Can't even remember. Stupid. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah fuck shit. him. Yeah, good. Can yeah. you like rename some of the shit that weren't no, the challenger? Like, super sub. Yeah. Bloody. Yeah. yeah. Final series was all fucked as well. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. didn't do that. That was CA's own. Uh, no, nah, we'll still blame him. Yeah, fuck him. him. It's all his fault. It's good to think about consultant. Justin Langer too, the cunt. Fucking yeah. hell. Good to think about a consultant. Once they leave, you can blame everything on them. Yeah. Right. Quote, another, last quote from Trent, because I know Love of him. Quote. Love a quote. You're asking fans over the course of a game to watch 38 changes of ends and all the bullshit that goes with it. Potty mouth, Alex. Oh, yeah. yuck. Oh, tisk, tisk. You never talk like that to get your point across. Yeah, it's not very classy. That's no. fucking right. There's people no. who grandparents might read this. And just, no, 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 small children. No. Do we want them to grow up to be thieves no. and murderers? No. no. His own mother might be reading this. Come on, Trent. Wash his mouth out with soap. You can at least clean up your language. Goodness. There's no way to get your point across. That's what right. probably taught him how to say it. Jesus <laughs> 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 it's like comedians who resort to swear. Like, oh. yeah, no. Jerry Seinfeld's the only comedian uh... for me, guys. He <laughs> 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 yeah. coincidentally dates seventeen-year-olds all the time. <laughs> but yeah, yes. uh, changes glo- changing gloves, drinks, the conferencing, all of this, rather than play. He mm. makes a good point. Um, there, because when T20 first started in England, I believe they bowled even blocks of five from one end. I'm pretty sure they went oh, five, 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 five. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I think that's um, and that's a uh, like T20. Although it's new into domestic game, it's like an English village cricket or some local cricket format that they played for years. Um, anyway, I just thought, there you go, Trent. Shut up. <laughs> Why don't we just ban? batsman from changing gloves until the drinks break. He actually but, does mention that in there as well. Oh, really? Yeah. I just say, don't you, you can't have any gloves until the drinks break or smoker. That's it. They're your two options. Yeah. But do you need a drinks break in T20? No, shit, no. 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 You could even, like, I don't see the need, like, fair enough to change ends. I think that's fair enough. But you could play the game in quarters. Ten from one end, ten from the other. 10 and 10. Mm. So just yeah. like a game of football, like you'll be sitting at one end, you might get no sixes hit towards you because you're at that end, but half the game you're... Get at, over like, it. Yeah, I don't think many people care if they get a six hit in, but they might want to see the action. But yeah, you still get 10 overs. It's just in a one block of 10. Yeah. 
What difference just, would it make as a spectator? Just change change ends every over, but you don't get a fucking glove break. Yeah. But the TV networks wouldn't actually like no changes of ends, would they? Because there no, goes nope. the ad break. Yeah. yeah. So, hmm. Done. <sighs> yeah. Uh, well, it is. Money. But you know what? Yeah, absolutely. Trent, Trent Woodhill's just an ideas man. So, you know, yeah, fucking, a bad, a bad ideas off, man. So just got to keep going. A bad <laughs> ideas man. This is an agent of chaos, Ross. <laughs> no, I, <don't>. <laughs> <laughs> I need now. Um, um, agent 86. Right. Yeah, agent 99 is <laughs> on the case. Uh, so, uh, t- while we're on the BBL, we're going to talk about a few BBL signings. So, um, the first signing um, Ross was very excited about, so we're going to discuss that now. So um, it is Kim Garth. So uh, Irish fast bowling all-rounder Kim Garth has left Beverly Hills 90210 to sign with the Melbourne Stars in the WBBL. Party uh, on, Garth. Yeah, that was my next one. Ah. Party on, Wayne. Party on, Garth, who moved for Australia last year and took up a contract with the Knicks. So she's an Irish Victorian, old Kim Garth is. Will play for her third Big Bash club, previously having played for the Scorchers and the Sixers. Ugh. So Garth will fill one of the star, the Melbourne Stars' three overseas slots with a 25-year-old required to become an Aussie resident before she can be considered a domestic player. So she actually lives and plays in Australia, but can't be considered an Australian player because she's technically not a resident. Um, yeah, so the Stars are very excited about this. She... Yeah, I won't lie. I don't really know too much about her, but it was enough to get on the front page of Cricket Australia website. So it's a pretty big signing. So well done to the Melbourne Stars. Uh, they um, have been up and about in the women's cricket. I think they've won and lost the last couple of titles or something like that. They've got Meg Lanning and a few others. So they've actually got a pretty good side this year with the introduction of Kim. So they're pretty excited. Yes, Roscoe? Yeah, the thing that grabbed my attention with this was that um, she was Ireland's voted Ireland's female player of the decade for the uh, decade just concluded. And she played 85 internationals for Ireland and debuted when she was 14. Look at the hell. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's what grabbed my attention. Yeah. So there you go. She packed it in. She's only 25. She packed it in with Ireland and moved to Australia, trying to become a citizen, such a permanent resident. Yeah. And um, yeah, get a, she got the contract with the Vicks, which, there's no professional contracts in Ireland for women's cricketers. So she moved to Australia for sporting opportunities. Hmm. Well, if that's the way it's going to be, and we're going to start poaching Irish talent, I say we get big fat Paul Sterling over. That's it. Bring him over. And <laughs> we need him. Beat Bangladesh. Fucking Bangladesh wouldn't have a hope in hell. We oh. big fat Paul Sterling running yeah. around for us. Bloody hell. Yeah. Dude, that's what we need. Big barrel chested blokes. That's what yep. we're missing. And, and yeah. our man, uh, Timmy Murder. Yeah, get him over here as well. He's retired from international cricket after taking a fiver at Lords against England. Finally, too old for this shit. He's fucking too old for this shit. (laughs) Um, Speaking of big, tall, quick signing BBL deals, so we mentioned a few people who were unsigned last episode. One of those was Big Joel Paris, who has the twenty. 28-year-old WA quick signed a two-year deal. So that has ended his eight-year run with the Scorchers. Um, so eight as years. recommended um, by what someone else in the chat, I think, earlier today was judging by the old hairline, Joel, in those next two years, you've probably got about two haircuts left, mate. So spread them out <laughs> as much as you can. Oh, and, fuck yeah. Um, 
But yeah, he's not his name. So Hobart, this is what happened to the BBL. Blokes you don't really care about get. Yeah, um, signed deals, two year deal, which is an interesting worse one. in COVID times, isn't it? Because no one's oh, allowed to come over. So. Yeah, to talk about. <laughs> this is on the front page of the CA fucking oh, website as well. Christ, <laughs> it was too the Paris Agreement. <laughs> 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 uh, is that Martin oh, Smith or Louis Cameron? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> There's a real old codger rights from too. Who's he? I can't think of his name. Oh, hey, that's good. No, he doesn't. <laughs> He's got the worst fucking corned beef you've ever seen in your life, <laughs> Layla. Jesus Christ. Maybe shocker. Crash Craddock wrote that headline. No, Peter no, Layla, lifetime of smoking darts and drinking coffee and piss. He's just <laughs> ordinary. Fucking <laughs> He's got, like, he's got like a mouthful of candy corn. Oh, so. You know what it's like? It's like his tongue's in jail. Like, that's what it looks like. <laughs> it's just got bars in his mouth. You're looking at his tongue behind bars. Uh, he's got uh, Peter Siddle teeth before Peter got him fixed. Oh, that's right. Before he got his dolphin teeth put in. <laughs> Or he got big compass fucking stuck in the front of his head. Um, so someone else who signed a new deal in the BBL is one of our favourites here at the podcast, and that's more or less uh, Mick Nessa. There so, he is, the great man. After nine years with the Strikers, Nessa is heading back up home, up north to Queensland. He signed a three-year deal with the Brisbane Heat. Jesus Hates. Christ. So, Better than, um, still not as bad as Ben Dunksteel, I suppose. Nah. So he played, he played in the very first season of BBL for the Heat and then left and played the Strikers for the following nine years before going back for this season coming. Um, it's amazing the length of time these players have been Yeah. Like, it just yeah. seems like, for me, in my, in my weird head, it's like they there's no one's... three pl- years, yeah. yeah. Yeah, three or five years is yeah. a max anyone's yeah. ever played for anyone. And you're ripping out decades here. Like, yeah. That's the thing with, like, Joel Paris, like, the Scorchers are his home team. He's from WA. Mick Nessa, like, he's playing out of state in yeah. one spot for nine years. Like, that's pretty full on, Lord. Yeah, um, if the money's good... Yeah, social media <laughs> posts did the rounds of him bowling that absolute seed that fucking knocked over one of the blokes last year. I can't remember fucking what it was. But he's <laughs> um he's a good guy, McNessa. It'd be interesting. I reckon he's a sneaky uh chance for the ashes if one of these big bowlers go down. But we'll see how that all plays. Yeah, I, yeah, I think really, that okay, Ross. No, it really depends whether James Patterson slips over in the share again or not. Yeah. Yeah. Too much time. Trips the over a greyhound. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Does his lower back lifting up a four by two? Oh yeah, I was going to say <clears throat> the um, there would be need to be an injury. I don't think he's breaking into. Oh, the no, I don't think lineup. he's getting yeah. in without something going wrong. But yeah, I yeah. think they're definitely going to rotate this summer. The, the tests are closer together than ever. Usually they'd have you know two in a row, then ten days off. They don't even have that. They have them two in a row, then only four days off into Boxing Day and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I think they're yeah. going to rotate. Look at Stark. Yeah, Think well, that's it. There's one bit of advice with test, Justin Langer it. before he gets um, sacked. Is if the if the ball's not pink, Stark carries the drink. Because fuck <laughs> me, it's terrible <laughs> when it is not a fucking pink ball test. So fuck him off. Or just bowl him, like, bowl him that one ball at the start of the innings and then hey. injure him and just fucking sub him out. And fucking get Concuss him. him. Throw the ball yeah. on his own. Uh, so another bloke, another quick who signed a fucking new deal, and that's the son of the paper magnate, Big Brendan. Oh! So he's 
He is re-signed. So he was on the outs. Apparently he was unsigned, but he's re-signed with the Sydney Thunder on a two-year deal. So, uh, so yeah, good luck to him. I'm trying to make this sound interesting, Mick. I'm trying. Two years. Two years. I'm shocked anyone's <laughs> fucking signed in more than 12 months. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys like that. this. Like, if you come to me and say, right, yeah, I've signed David Warren for three years. I go, yeah, fuck, I get that. Yeah. Signed Steve yeah. Smith for four years. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Oh, guess what, fellas? We signed fucking Brendan Dogger for two years. <laughs> Who fucking cares? Like, Especially yeah. considering, like, this is the COVID year. So you would probably, like, sign people for this year. And then you'd be, yeah. it's an easy thing to say. Things might open up, so we'll just give you one year. If you do all right, we'll yeah. resign you or something because you know international bowlers will come back perhaps next year, mm. next season. I don't know. I don't get it. I remember listening to Brad Hodge talk, and he'd been um, coach IPL and CPL, I think. And he said, "Yeah, just what are they doing in BBL?" He couldn't understand. Yeah. He said, you "Give blokes one year deals," and he said, "Really good. You might give them a two year deal. That's what franchise cricket is about." Yeah. Said it's not about six year deals. And Gabe was it not um Sahail Tanvir, the young bloke at Sydney Thunder there is gonna be Australia's next cricket captain at nineteen or something. Oh, yeah. Oliver um, Davies or something like that. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. And a six year deal. I said that's not what it's about. But it's the whole Ben Dunk thing, right? Oh. But, yeah. Why waste your time giving long term deals in the fucking franchise cricket world yeah. of BBL? Yeah. yeah, if someone's a gun, like you said, Ross, give them two years. Right, we'll take it yeah. for two years. Because you could be shit in two years' time. It's cricket. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> that Ben Dunk deal, that's the, and Bull will know this reference, it's the Bobby Benita deal of fucking BBL. Oh, oh, so for those worse. playing at home, Bobby Benita was a player back in the 90s. The New York Mets signed for 30 years. Yep. <laughs> So, so they signed him up because they, they thought he was going to be this gun and they couldn't really afford him. So they signed him for 30 years and every day, every like for the last however many years, on the exact same day, I can't remember what day it is, it's somewhere in the off season, he gets a check for like $1.5 million and they call it Bobby Benita Day. And like, and it's just like, fuck it. So the new Mets owners, like this is an hilarious piece of our history. So he wants to like make it a big deal and like give him our bobbleheads and like, you know, make a song and dance out of it. But it's like there's just albatross around the Nets, around the Nets fucking <laughs> organisation. And there's still, still like 15 years left or something. The guy's been retired because he, he was a bust. So he played about three years. So and- how long do baseball players normally play for? It can't be 30 years. No, not at all. But yeah. it was because they couldn't afford him. Oh, okay. So they're like, because the Mets at the time were in Struggle Street, and they basically, well, we can't really afford him, so we're going to pay him this crap. They're going to pay him three times what he like longer than he should. His career will be, but we'll pay him this smaller amount, so it'll be all right. So they never expected him to play for thirty no, years. They were just all. like, with no. oh, okay, I see. But they expected right. that they expected that he was going to be good enough. The deal would be good for them, but it fucking was not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hence, wow. Yes, yeah, a bit amazing. like the old, a bit like the old Ben Duck fucking deal. That's a but, weird one. I could see Ben Dunk making a good bobblehead, though. Big <laughs> bongo. Yeah. Uh, speaking of blokes who might, might make a good bobblehead, we're talking about veteran pisshead Steve O'Keefe, who has just signed on for another year with the Sydney Sixers. He's got his oh, eye yeah. on a third consecutive BBL titles. So he'll go around one more time trying to get the uh, elusive three-peat of the BBL that, yeah, everyone just... Someone wants to be the first, so why not the Sixers? Yeah, that's it. I agree. Yeah. 
It's either going to be them or the Scorchers, Nick, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. well, that's mm. it, mate. They're the powerhouse teams of BPR that's cricket. It. That's my deep dive analysis. <laughs> uh, righty. So, yeah, that's it for BBL signings. I think I read somewhere, I forgot to write down, Joe Burns might have gone to the Hurricanes as well. Yeah, uh, Stars. Stars. He stars. left the heat. Mm. Uh, Maddinson's gone to the Renegades. I think we talked about that last podcast as well. Yeah, but talk about it again because it's big news. Yeah. Why so, not? <laughs> I think this should be our main segment for the next uh, eight yeah. episodes, Mick. Yeah, it's only Maddinson August. watch. Signing, signing, yeah, signing. signing, signing, signing. So just slowly ramp up to the ashes when we notoriously yeah. get the most <laughs> listeners. We'll just, yeah. Yeah, but every every app we could dedicate at least fifteen minutes to just signing news and and how many career deals they're out this sport. He has signed for two years. Trying to get as much draw it out as much as we can. Uh, All righty. Speaking of something that comes up every four years and gets fucking talked about, we're going to go to world news and we're going to talk about fucking ICC has officially launched their bid to get cricket included. In the tw- in the Los Angeles 2028 Olympic Games, so um, our sport is united behind this bid, and we see the Olympics as a part of cricket's long-term future. ICC Jet, uh, Chairman Greg Barclay said in a statement, uh, "We have more than a billion fans globally, and almost 90% of them want to see cricket at the Olympics. Another 10%." You just fucking cunts, really. Almost ninety uh, percent. Yeah, almost. Where the fuck do you get those numbers from? <laughs> Anecdotal numbers, the best type yeah, of numbers. Yeah, true. So, clearly, cricket has a strong and passionate fan base, particularly in Southeast Asia, where ninety-two percent of our fans come from. So they're the ninety-two percent of the almost ninety percent. So Southeast that's Asia. That's a lot of people. Yeah, it's, you just said South Asia, mate. I'm just reading the quote. South so, Asia or Southeast? No, South Asia. Okay, so you said Shut Southeast. You said Southeast. So I was like, I didn't realise Indonesia was such a cricket stronghold. It is, but so be quiet. All right, I will, um, mate. Whilst there, are, whilst there are also 30 million cricket fans in the USA, apparently, the opportunity for those fans to see their heroes competing for an Olympic medal is tantalising, Mr. Barclay said. <laughs> We believe cricket will be a great addition to the Olympic Games, but we know it won't be easy to secure our inclusion as there are so many other great sports out there wanting to do the same, i.e. two-on-two mixed basketball. Um, But we feel now is the time to put our best foot forward and show what a great partnership cricket and the Olympics could be. The ICC statement did not clarify which format of the game they wish to push for inclusion. All righty. So Wouldn't that um, be part of the tender process? Like yeah, exactly but, what are we going to play? But apparently, the apparently they haven't suggested. I'm all for tests. <laughs> Same here. And timeless uh, yeah. tests. Too. <laughs> Test to a winner. <laughs> uh, I think uh, that uh, they're going to go for the hundred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking oh. Because it's so baseball. Like the people who just get behind it. <laughs> Funny that we talked about putting um, cricket pitches in the middle of athletic tracks because yeah. you could do that at the Olympics. And uh, Mick, I read that um, Cricket Australia have long been in favour of um, Olympics and cricket, and that even at times thrown up options such as indoor cricket and, and beach, beach cricket. cricket was the other one I fucking read. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh, give Christ. me a fucking spell, you clown! <laughs> we don't want but Scott Coyne out there winning gold medals. 
<laughs> that would be true Olympic style, though. You don't just bring in one version of sport. You bring oh, in yeah. two. Let's have yeah. indoor and beach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And the weirdest two. Don't yeah, bring yeah, in like a it. traditional <laughs> style, man. Bring in the weirdest one. That's it. They might bring was... in that one-on-one fucking cricket we were watching the, uh, yes. in South Africa that they were playing. Yeah, that's it. I was uh, reading an article that said, uh, you know, it'll have a, you know, it's reasonable to expect the Olympics to come in because the huge Indian population, I think India won four medals or something at the yeah. Olympic Games, so it was yeah, trash and they've got such, so many people in India who might watch the Olympics if uh, they had someone to cheer for. And the uh, downside for cricket was that um, the Olympics likes sports like surfing and skateboarding. Mm. They have a small number of competitors on offer for a gold medal with yeah. one gold medal on offer. So it doesn't mean they have to, you know, house them all and accommodate them all. Yeah. Whereas cricket would have two gold medals and like 300 players because it'd be yeah. an eight team men's comp and an eight team women's comp. Now that's an interesting point too. You think eight teams a bit small for the men, but possibly about the right size for the women. That's because all the Olympic sports now have gender equality. So if you're going to run a eight team, uh, if you want to run a 20 team men's comp, you've got to have 20 team in the women. Mm, yeah, oh, women. okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So there's a few events ending after this Olympics because there's no female equivalent, like the 50 kilometre walk. And I know that has really disappointed a lot of people. Yeah, shit. <laughs> I'm happy to stop watching, watching now because, like, they're just going to yeah. break my heart anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Big race walking community is devastated. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like, I, I don't see it getting up. Like, I know it's been involved in Commonwealth no. Games in the past, but as a general rule, the Commonwealth Nation are Commonwealth Nations, a cricket nation. So it's not that hard to understand why they've had it. Yeah. Uh, I think they're fucked too because Great Britain go to the Olympics as one where there's three cricket teams in there. There's yeah. England, yeah, Scotland, fucked, Ireland. By the way. You know what yeah. I mean? That's fucked. Yeah. Go as your own fucking country. Yeah. Not a cowards. union of countries. Probably, the like, West cowards. Indies don't compete in the Olympics, do they? They compete yeah. with fucking Jamaica and Granada and all these other fucking countries. In England's defence, the current side is effectively a Great Britain side anyway. So <laughs> or Commonwealth side, yeah. really. Yeah. So they're fucking so they, they just take wherever they want anyway. So I don't think yeah. it doesn't matter. But that's a good point. I think they'd be fine. They could just compete as Great Britain. The one that's a bit tricky though is uh and I don't think they'd make it Ireland because they're split across two genuinely yeah. different countries if you feel yeah. that way about countries. Yeah. Uh, but they probably wouldn't make with an eighteen comp Ireland probably wouldn't make it. Well, that's going to be the other yeah, problem with it too. Is like the like we complain about the World Cup not including anyone. This will be even less inclusive than a World Cup would be. So, yep. I suppose you want the best of the best playing each other as well. That that's meant to be the pinnacle of the sport. I wouldn't mind the Olympics cricket coming in and it being eight for that gender equality yeah. reason. I think that's a valid yeah. reason. Yeah, that's and fair enough. Eight decent women teams. I think they'd. Forward, but they even get like strong eight. I'm not really sure. I don't follow it too closely, but I suppose so. Yeah, they'll get eight. Yeah, <coughs> yep. easily. They'll get the, four strong ones: England, India, yeah. or Great Britain, uh, India, Australia, Australia and New Zealand. Oh, South Africa. Yeah. South Africa. Yeah, West Indies. Strong. West Indies. Oh, West Indies. No, but West nah, Indies they can't, can't have it. Oh, they can't. Good point. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Very so good point. Knocks out one team. To um, cover my huge mistake and blunder there, I might, may I suggest that cricket be an under 23s side, just like the soccer is in the Olympics, with just one older player or whatever they do for the yeah. soccer. You're Interesting one. one. Olympic women's soccer, of oh, which I watched the penalty isn't, shootout, isn't. It's yeah. open age. Yeah, Not a, so no equality there, Ross. It should be under 23. I want, I I want the cricket mm. to go back to the um, old. Basketball, where you could have professionals, but you had to have at least one amateur on your team. Like when the dream team, so then you could play. Lautner. So I want to say like some park cricket jipper who's absolutely no good. <laughs> in the Face of Mitchell Stark. There was something that the LA Olympics have to get the Paris Olympics to say they'll do it as well mm. for it to occur. There's some. Because when you host Olympics, you can choose a few sports you want to have, but you have to get the next the Olympics next to say they'll have it as well. Oh, yeah. okay. And it's interesting to look at baseball. I was just reading an article about baseball and softball's history in the, the recent Olympics. And they've been in and out, like say since the 90s, they've been in and yeah. out like four times. They haven't yeah. consistently been one after another after another. It got up in Japan because baseball's a big sport. In Japan. Massive. So I went to, oh, you, we went to a game. Alex. Yeah, yes, we that was, did. It was mm. amazing. Fucking great. So, go if you're there. Go to the baseball. I, if a, a cricket does get in the Olympics, it could be a bit of a stop-start affair. Yeah, yeah. Or, or like the Com Games, once only. It'll, yeah. ne- it'll never get. It'll never. It's ever strange be in the Olympics. In my the Com Games were strange because most of the Commonwealth countries play cricket. Yeah, that was mm. weird. It didn't keep going. Yeah. yeah, like even Canada, well, they they were played in the World Cup, the Cricket World Cup, not mm. too long ago. You know, like it's. Yeah. I don't know. I thought that was strange that it didn't continue in the Commonwealth Games at least. I guess the only weird one there was the West Indies situation. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have the England cricket team is England and Wales. Mine. Yeah. There's not many yeah. Welsh blokes play for England, but no. it's another minor thing. The, the splitting of the West Indies was problematic. I think. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I just hope AFLX gets up personally. Yeah, but, man. Uh, what a what a game! <laughs> I'm waiting for roller hockey. That's <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Mm. Highlight cornhole for me. Um, <laughs> the cornhole in the Olympics. Uh, the other one that I thought might be a go for the Olympics, if it's not quite cutting the mustard, just playing on T20 cricket. I was thinking maybe cricket boxing. Yeah. Get in. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be face and over, punch the fuck out of each other. Successful. They've been testing that out down the Ballerine cricket pitch. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put your bets down, fellas. Not Joe too Root much. Joe Root and Dave Warner had an early crack at it, I think. <laughs> Not too much technique used down the Ballerine, I think. <laughs> Not really following the, fist, the pugilistic <laughs> laws. Yeah. Not real <laughs> students of the pugilistic endeavour. No. Oh, I, I, the I, Queen I, of Marquise or whatever it is, the Marquise rules. I. Um, just uh, for one would want orienteering to be in the Olympics. I think that would be a great sport. Um, get your compasses We've out. Of, gone full Olympic podcast at the minute. We should have done, <laughs> should have done that for the last three weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd have about as much knowledge of that as well because I didn't really fucking watch any of that either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's uh, happening in right. international cricket, Mick? Fuck international cricket. Yeah, I haven't got... That's it. Olympic cricket's the end of my notes, mate. So if you've got... Oh, I've got, I've got Do you want to know... Oh, you go, Ross. All right, you go, go, sorry, Ross. Sorry to cut in. I think no, you no, should go, go, Ross. I think you I reckon, should go. I reckon yeah, I'll go, go, Ross. Go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> no, hang on. Uh, uh, uh. 
<laughs> yeah. He hasn't froze all night, the big fella. I know. Okay, so uh, you might have caught up with the news that um, India have travelled to England. Yep, Some no. of the players have been there apparently for three months, waiting what? around since the World Test Championship, haven't you? Apparently. Bloody yeah. hell. Why wouldn't yeah. you? I don't know. Why wouldn't anyway, the first test, unfortunately, was a rained-out draw where India had the upper hand up at Nottingham on that weird-shaped ground. And now they've moved down to Lords, where Joe Root won the toss and sent in India. And they're currently six for 335. Yep. KL Rahul made 129 off 250 balls. So, interestingly poised there. And uh, good to see that uh, India have gone for four-man pace tack at Lords plus... Ravi Jadeja. It's pretty green. And yeah. England have also gone for a four-man pace tack. England deciding that... Well, um, three men. Sam Curran's not pace. Okay. <laughs> and yum, the, yum. I guess they've got it seven. Our man, Mo Ali. So hopefully he tours Australia oh. again. Oh, <laughs> Nathan Long gets me a fun. Mo Ali, Sam Curran in Australia. Oh, oh. God. Throwdowns. Nude. Oh. Nude. <laughs> Underarm throwdowns is what oh. that is. Oh. Speaking of Jadeja, I've just got... I know you listen to our podcast, mate, so I'm just going to give you a bit of friendly advice. Moving Go forward. on. Um, when you're batting seven, you don't have to be sitting in your whites for the first fucking ball of the game, yeah, mate. Yeah, like, it's Jesus crazy. Christ. <laughs> Put your simbies on, big boy. Oh, mate. Does, it's like... it's like the, I used to have this out, and boys know play Google. Me. I used to have it out with the guys at my local career clubs. I used to have them batting. And I'd be putting my pads on when number four or five was fucking yes. adding up. And it used to do my <laughs> fucking head in. It's like, come on. It's a, it's a younger generation thing, oh, I reckon. All they the love kids it. seems to do it. They just put their pads on like this. Three- I think it's T20 and like everyone's got to be padded up. It's like, just oh. fuck it. At least let me get out of the room where I don't have to look at your daughter. Like, <laughs> until I'm gone. Like, fucking hell. Uh, I don't understand wearing the white shirt. As long as he doesn't have the pads on. That's nah, still weird having the on, but everyone else uh, around him, well, the guys batting five and six were just in there like training gear and he's sitting there in his whites. Like, even the commentator was getting stuck into him. <laughs> so. I don't know. I always thought it was weird that uh, blokes come off so better they come off and the first thing they do is take their white pants off, put a pair of shorts on. You reckon? Mate, shorts no, is way better weird. than pants. You wear pants all day. Well, it depends, <laughs> depends what temperature it is. Yeah, you're yeah. fat, Ross. Yeah, <laughs> get fucking out, Ross. <laughs> Orienteering's got to your head, yeah, mate. You run right. around in fucking well, pants orienteering. Ross, get around the three-piece suit, <laughs> mate. <laughs> Top hat. Let him continue. Monocle. Let him continue. If your monocle falls out, you just roll it <laughs> His monocle, if he just puts it horizontally, is a compass. So it's an orienteering monocle. Keep going, Roscoe. Come on. I'd say you wear pants so your legs don't get scratched. But we'll All keep snake bots. No, mm. you just you. no, just wear spats. You'll be right. <laughs> All right, Bush Tucker man. Okay, on we go. Uh, so <laughs> cowboy hat on, you'll be right, mate. <laughs> That's enough out of you, Boland. <laughs> Back in your barrel. Yeah. Okay, Pakistan are touring the West Indies. They've been there for some T20s. Now they're fired up and playing the first Test match. They were uh, first day of the first test match. Pakistan were rolled for not very much, 217, in fact. So it was a little bit disappointing for them. But uh, then they had four overs at the West Indies to close out the day's play. Yep. And the West Indies, two for two. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bet it. Yeah. 
So, well, bowled Muhammad Abbas. I believe he's the best fast bowler ever to have held a cricket ball in his palm of his hand, Nick, as we learned about two years ago when we toured the UAE. Yeah. He's got <laughs> no two one for can none. hold a candle, Muhammad Abbas. Hmm. That's right. You heard of it by Kawazi Crown? Shit. You heard yeah. of Wacko Yunus? Shit. <laughs> Not even on the same page. Imran Khan? Different book. Shit. Shabakta? Shit. 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 No, he's just got gender warts. So that's my quick whip around international cricket. Nick. I've got a little bit of counting news, right? Because I know you blokes love, no, love a little that. bit of... Oh, fuck. Here we yeah. go. This day update. Change yep. your tone like Mick did with the two years to like. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So um, our man who plays the Victorian Opens batting the most recent Test match Australia played, the incumbent, Marcus Harris, mate. Mark eight. Um, tongues <laughs> or um, his county side, and but he had to call call shorties, but he stay because some COVID shit or something or other. So oh, I didn't shit. understand that. Eight tongues, yeah. that's a good girl. Yeah, old yeah. um, mate um, Tim David. You know him, David? Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. They're related. So. He's great. Yeah. His brother. <laughs> I'm walking away. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, with the yeah, we got it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So he's playing his trade. He was he's from WA, but he's been playing his trade out at the Hobart Hurricanes. Got him over the line in the first game of the season last year. He made a first class uh, at least a ton for his chosen county during the week because the county side's been decimated. So this is what the county side's currently made up of. Um, regular county players not good enough to get a hundred contract. Yep, yep. <laughs> there are no England players. England Test match players, obviously. No yeah. hundred franchise players. Yeah. Okay? So, so they just some, some jippers. They got some some second eleven players. They got some old stalwarts who are never gonna play that. And then they've got shit overseas signings, of which there's a plethora of Australians. Yeah. Folks such as Travis McGoffin. Head, Marcus mm. Harris, and Tim <laughs> oh, Davis. Well he didn't get a well the blokes who seen you haven't got a hundred franchise contract. But Mark Harris was there last year playing county cricket. Yeah, yeah, but the, yeah, they, they didn't dog. get 100 franchise contracts, so they're playing. I'm not saying he didn't. I'm not saying he did. For yeah. County cricket. Yeah. Belting well, Mick. Bunch yeah, of second fucking level. Throw hands. <laughs> get in the cricket octagon and fucking punch it out. <laughs> the mid octagon. Yes. Oh, good. No beers in mid-octagon. It's a couple of good puns tonight, <laughs> the one, The one game that did um, catch my eye from during the week was um, Lancashire versus Essex. And this one was uh, 250 for seven for Lancashire. 250 for six, sorry, for Lancashire. 93 to Stephen Croft, as you know. Mm-hmm. Old Crofty. Oh, Crofty. Yeah, Crofty. And Ryan Tenderscart, the, the Dutchman. Oh, yeah. He took I two for 33. So excited I did a Tenderscart in my pants. <laughs> this, is, this is also what they're doing. They're pulling out blokes like 40-year-olds out of retirement to fill in in these games. So Tenderscart would be nearly 40. Now, Essex in the reply, chasing 251 for victory. Big Ali Cook made 110. Oh, yeah. What a legend. So they're pulling him out of retirement to come and play a few list A games. That's how desperate they are. But uh, he was then ably supported by um, Ryan Tenderscart again, who made 45. And it was Simon Harmer, 23 not out of just eight balls, who got them oh so close. Because the match (laughs) ended in a tie. Each. Shit. Who hit yeah. the most boundaries? Yeah, well, boundary cap back. 
Yeah, but Ali Cook's That's how we do it in England, though. Yeah. It's fair, it's fair. They split the points. It wasn't a championship game. It's just ah, a regular enough, season game. Mm. Yeah, so there you go. Interesting oh, way to run the season, having the franchise 100 on while the list day, 50 over game. Yes. Rolls on with second level players and old blokes and overseas. Not quite good enough blokes. There you go. Nice. Fascinating. Over to you, Mick. All righty. Thank you, Roscoe. Um, we might as well touch on it quickly while we're talking to county cricket. So, as we spoke about last week, um, penis in the pitch, DJ Dan Worrell is going to be heading over to um, finish his career. Oh, no. And his <laughs> life, by the sounds of it, the way he was talking in his article in England, he's, not, he's never coming back. back. He's never gone, never going to see him oh. again. And apparently, he's like, well, fuck it. I'm going to be over there. So if they pick me, I'll fucking play for England. So um, I I'd, I'd just, I know there's been a lot of talk about this in the media. And I think someone has to say it. So us being the podcast we are, I'm just going to say this now. Dan, lean in, turn your, turn your speakers up and listen to me. <laughs> They're not going to fucking pick you, cunt. Yeah. <laughs> I've got enough shit bowlers, mate. Uh, yeah. I, and they'll be medium paced shit trucks coming out their fucking ears, mate. I know you watch the test and I know you look at <laughs> Sam Curran and go, I can do that. Because we all fucking do that, mate. We all look at Sam Curran <laughs> and go, I can do that. But you are not going to get picked, Dan. So just He's... go over there. You're fleecing Sari for three years. Just fleece him and be happy you're fleecing him, mate. Just, just fill your boots, sit yeah. in the pub when you're not playing, and go about it quietly, and oh, you'll just, go all right, buddy. Just a good opportunity to live in London. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It'll be 34 by the time he's eligible for England, and they'll go, hey, Dan, fuck off, mate. <laughs> he can, though. Next time Australia tour, which is only over oh, two years away, he can say, "Look, I'm here. I can play for us. I'm ready." Oh, oh, you know, yeah. needed the yeah. Steve McGoffin, McGoffin style, yeah, yeah the McGoffin style, yeah, the McGoffin agreement. The yeah. um, the interesting <laughs> thing about the article I read, the interview with him, the interesting thing is it surprised me because this is the first time I've heard any cricketer sort of say this. He enjoys proving people wrong about. Has he? Yeah, oh, I've wow. never heard any other. Cricketer or like elite sportsmen say that about themselves well, when interviewed. Can so. I just say, Al, he's already proved me wrong because <laughs> I thought he was a half decent cricketer. <laughs> yeah, we got the stats up. Uh, he just proved me wrong by not being a half decent. Cricketer. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't actually look at his stats because you know he's one of the best bowlers for South Australia. I'm not saying Ever. a lot, but um, I just wanted like. Couldn't be bothered to be honest. You yeah, know, no, I, only, I only do a cricket podcast every no, week. Every about it last episode. He's got like 220 wickets and like 37 or something like that. I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's good. Well, that's that's England buddy superstar yeah. numbers, right? 222 there, so. wickets at first class level at 27. Oh, only sorry, played, 27. Sorry. Only played yeah. 58 first class games. Anyway, they played the for of, like six years. Then they play. What at, do they play? At the age of 30. 10. Yeah, he's ten years. A bit of a late start. I think he was from Werribee, and didn't oh, get a look in at um, the Vic oh. squad, and so went over and might not start till like nearly twenty-five or something. Yeah, okay, twenty-three something like that. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Well, good luck to him not achieving what he thinks he's going to achieve. I um, hope he just goes over there, Mick, and scratches a few penises in pictures because <laughs> you know, that's what he's known for. Well, that's it, mate. Like, you got to give the people what they want. Oh, yeah. dick of the pitch, damn moral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So uh, we'll throw over to David. What have we learnt this episode, David? 
So we've learnt that, well, I think I've learnt that six people have taken a hat-trick on international debut. And three of those involved the Bangladeshi team. So obviously Damien Fleming is the only other Aussie to take a hat-trick on Australian debut, international. Um, A man from way back in the day named Maurice Alom took a hat-trick on debut for England against New Zealand. Well done, Maurice. And then a man called Peter... Petherick took a hat-trick for New Zealand against Pakistan on test debut. There we go. Taizul Islam from the Bangladeshi team took a hat-trick on debut against Zimbabwe. Mm. Now, this name you'll know. Kagiso Rabada from South Africa oh. took oh. a hat-trick on one-day debut against Bangladesh. And then, obviously, the last one, Nathan Ellis, Australia v. Bangladesh. So, Bangladesh has been involved in three of the six that have been happening. Love a good uh, hattie. Ross, you spoke about uh, T20 games and Josh Hazelwood and how many you thought he might have played over the journey. In his whole career, he's played 48 T20 games, internationals and domestic. Jesus Christ. Not many. Really? Yep. Including domestic, that's not many. Not many, if any. Yeah, Joe Many. Joe Many. Mick, you mentioned Bobby Benilla Day. July 1st, $1.19 million gets transferred to Bobby (laughs) Benilla until 2035. (laughs) He will be 72 years old, right? So the actual contract buyout was $5.9 million. But because they couldn't afford it at the time, they offered him $1.19 million every July 1st until 2035. Now, there's a funny thing about this. Go, Al. I was just going to say, so he was like 30 when he got the deal then. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Okay. The funny thing about this is uh, Bernie Madoff, the great New York con man, uh, was involved with the New York Mets ownership at the time. Yeah, that's right. yeah. <laughs> and he had promised the Mets uh, double-digit returns every year, which would have easily have paid for this Bobby Vanilla Day. But then obviously he was arrested and sent to jail. Oh, and now so funny. they're still paying $1.19 million every July 1st on Bobby Vanilla Day. So that's what we've learned. That's fucking gold. 70-odd. Yeah, 72 million. years old when he gets his last $1.19 <laughs> million. Sounds oh. like Buddy's deal in Sydney. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All righty. So I think that, uh, that wraps us up for this fortnight's episode of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Yes, Roscoe? Oh, just a final thought from me, Mick. I've got some <laughs> listener feedback. Uh, I just had some feedback from a loyal listener. Here yep. he is here. <clears throat> I get that in these COVID times, the fixture is mildly interesting, but it seems to me like uh, he has an infatuation bordering on a fetish about the fixture. Start <laughs> times really fascinate him at the moment. It really doesn't matter if the first ball is at 1.40 on a Sunday instead of 1.10. <laughs> fetish is the perfect word for it. He delves into the deepest machinations of it all, and in your own time, fair enough. But for fuck's sake, it doesn't need to be discussed every podcast with such painstaking <laughs> detail and emotion. <laughs> I genuinely think the bloke has shed tears to the fixture before. (laughs) (laughs) So with that feedback uh, coming across my desk, I turned over a new leaf, Nick, and uh, the domestic summer fixture's been out, the uh, Shield and List A competitions for this podcast and the previous one, and we haven't talked about it. We we actually might have to 
that might fill in some time next week. But we haven't talked about All righty. Thank you, Roscoe. With that, we will call an end to uh, our podcast for this episode. Uh, thank you to the Frederick Howard Sock Company Studios. Do yourself a favour and hit up their website and grab yourself some socks. We're heading into Father's Day. It's getting here, so they're making a very good Father's Day gift, so get on board and get yourself some. Um, Christmas isn't too far away. I know it feels like it's not that far away, but it'll be here before you know it. Um, yeah, I think that's about it for us. So with that, um, in the words of the great Jim Cornette, I say thank you, <laughs> fuck you, bye-bye, Justin Langer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> See you, lads. <laughs> JL.